The SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner. Welcome and good morning and welcome to the SA Betfair Edge, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858 and as always, gamble responsibly. Miles Fitzner here with you this morning and as always, Claire Lindop, welcome. Good morning, Miles. We're back to our second show. We made it. Well, we must have done it right last week. We tipped a couple of winners. We did. We're going to do a recap on shortly. Big show coming up too. We've got Leon McDonald. Got him straight in off the bat. Maybe talk about some history and a few rides that you might have uh, won for in the group ones. Absolutely. Love having Leon McDonald on the show today. Looking forward to it. Um, he's also got four runners on Saturday. So in the two-year-old race, sorry. He's got six runners, four in the two-year-old race. It'll be nice to see which one he thinks can win. It'll be interesting to talk to Leon. There's a couple there of his that I do like. We've got Betfair's James McLaughlin on. You and I have been talking off air. We want to discuss the intricacies and ins and outs of how Betfair works and operates. So we're going to give you, the listeners, an idea into that. No doubt you've got a few questions on how we can bet on horses and not on horses and and get a price. That's right. And then we've got Adam Mintz, the gun tipster for Betfair. He's going to join us for a weekend race preview off the bat. Just quickly, we go back to last week. Interesting days racing. Now we're going to start with one little audio grab here. You uh, tipped one last week that you like. Listen to this. Irish Mint squeezing through late. Flow star in front. Irish Irish Mint squeezing through. Flow Star and Irish Mint. Irish Mint. Irish Mint from Flow Star, who ran off the track and got towards the outside rail. Star of Monsoon. Irish Mint, we tipped last week, or you tipped in last week, ended up at $10.70. Good run, too. Great ride by Caitlin Jones and got up. I think sometimes horses on the inside track that have shown got form there, consistent form, I think you've got to stick with them. So it worked with Irish Mint. Well, we talked to Cal last week, didn't have a lot of luck. I was into royalty, didn't have a lot of luck there. But then uh, didn't have a lot of luck later on in the day either when we got down to race six or seven, it was. Interesting race of the day, and I want to talk to you about this because Busker's Ballad on the inside, gun ride from Dom Teneur, but you just sent me a text a little bit <laughs> earlier today, air fine for excessive use of the whip. Well, it's interesting because often staying races are run a bit messily and in South Australia we do get criticism, jockeys get criticism for that. I think one of the big problems is we don't have a lot of um, pace in genuine staying races, which is a acid problem. So we had a leader... Of, Last Saturday, Manzala, who really wasn't going well enough, um, wasn't putting enough speed into the race. But Manzala itself, you know, is probably not up to racing uh, to the top level. And so it's leading as probably as well as it can. So then you see the change of riders out the back. They come around and whip around and try and put pressure in the race. But the leader doesn't really want to hand up. So everyone then starts putting the brakes on. And what happens is you get shuffled back like Bert Whistle. Uh, and, you know, you can really put the blame on the jockey. But... If you're the one who takes off three wide and gets going, you're actually changing the shape of the race. And so it does actually... Well, the race changed because obviously, yeah, horses fought for the lead early. Now, before the race, we saw the stewards notified that two of them were going to look to take up a more forward position, the the Victorian runner and um, the one of Grant Young's, I think it was. Yep, Matt Lowry's. So so they've both said we're going to take the forward position. So there's one race move, then two race moves. Then the third, then the fourth. Now, after a while, when you've got horses going around you and Mm -hmm. you are sitting back on the paint, does there become a time where you sort of go, especially at Morfittville Parks and with the camber, that you go, well, hang on a minute, these horses are going to come back to me um, and I'm in a bit of strife. So is that where you look to – you've got to look to push forward then, surely. But the very hard thing about that is normally when you're the jockey who takes off and gets going, you're very rarely rewarded for that, as we've seen. The jockey that won the race was sitting back doing nothing on the fence. So often it's if you're the one to take it's actually a very ballsy move to get out and get going and, and take it up and you have to have a lot of confidence in what you're doing and and often when you do that as a favourite you get criticised so that's sometimes come into play if you're a rider on a horse with um, you know having a shot you're sort of mid you know mid in the betting you can sort of actually take the risk but if you're a favourite it's very hard to actually do that Dom did 
Bodies Tommy was very patient, sat there on the fence, and then the two of them, Buskers, Ballard and Bert Whistle, they sat dead last together. Now, Dom waited, mm. um, and Kayla's elected to go around them, which is yes. six wide the turn at Morfittville Parks. Yeah. How many times <laughs> in your career have you seen horses win, can't win from there. going win. six wide the turn at Morfittville Parks? Yeah, you can't win from there. I agree with that. Um, Are you better off just to stay there than with Dom mm. and then just ride for luck? And if you end up up the backside of another one, you end yeah. up up the backside because – I sort of thought going six wide the turn, that's almost mission over. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you that when you are heading out that wide, you're really giving your horse no no chance to win. But where she was sitting in the field is that she probably had a horses collapsing on her as well. So she's sort of trying to step out. And that's what happens at Moville Park. When you try and get going on the turns, you end up getting getting wider and wider, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily by design. You just get forced out there. And Dom did get that luck on the fence and, and get through. But um, I actually noticed it when I was watching it live last week that um, he definitely overused the whip prior to the 100 metres. Uh, for people who don't quite understand the rules, we're only allowed to strike a horse with the whip behind the saddle five times prior to 100 metres. So it's only five times, five times before a hundred out yep. for the whole race. That's right. So that's the couple of shake ups on the corner to get them going. Yes. So you're allowed five before the last hundred. Yeah, as long as they're not consecutive as well. So it's only just one every now and then, just to sort of switch them on and give them the signal that now we're going to improve and to try and get them to step up through their gears. And then how many after the hundred? From the hundred meters to the winning post, you're allowed to use the whip if you're in contention un- unrestricted. But just for the listeners. So 100 metres is about 10 strides for a horse, uh, just like five seconds. So it's not actually, when you say that, it's not a lot of lot of um, strikes, so to speak. So it doesn't always sound that nice, but five seconds is very quick out there in, in, the, in the race. The whip issue's a big thing you're on. Now, Dom's obviously caught the fire now. But Dom's making a name for himself as being patient and riding gun stars. He did it with Bud Fox. Um, I've, I've said a few things on Twitter before too. He mm-hmm. He is a genuine star in staying races. He's pinched a couple at Murray Bridge on horses at big odds making early race moves. Yeah. I know a lot of uh, jockeys. I did hear a trainer went absolutely spastic in the mounting yard saying it's a wonder why the Victorians think yeah. a few of us are a joke because that race was a mess. Mm. I'm going to talk about this staying race that's coming up on Saturday too at Murray Bridge, the 2,500 yeah. metre race. I'm not going to be betting. I can't after last week. But but you're big on this <laughs> overuse of the whip. Yeah. I think too in staying races too, I think a lot of owners and trainers particularly want to see the horses settle and get back and run on. That's all well and good unless there's enough speed in the race. Um, and so I actually used to like riding my staying races from the front. I used to actually like leading on horses, um, as I did uh, in the LA Cup for um, Exalted Time for Jimmy Smith. Um, so I think that if you if you're a good enough judge of pace and can get your horse up there and, and leading, I think you're better off than trying to run for luck because if you ride a horse back, you have to really rely on the pace of the race to be able to improve. But it's something that Dom has done well recently. I'd agree with that. So with do you find some jockeys – like it's it's just a patience or an, an, an experiencing. Do, do they get better as they get older, or some jockeys are just suited to making early decisions and better in little splint, sprinting races, and some are better at making decisions over yeah. time and actually seeing races un, yeah. unfold in front of them. Well, I can't speak for everyone, for, but for myself, when I knew I had confidence in the, um, or trust, really, the owners putting me on and the relationship with the trainer, that's why having a jockey ride your horse consistently, I think, helps when you're riding a horse that you've got a rapport with. You know what that horse can and can't do, and you know how much you can set them alight early without them over racing in a staying race or um, make a move early and understand and know that they're not going to um, use too much energy before the, the last sort of last part of the race. Well, you won most of your group ones over distance races, didn't you? 
I rode one uh, short distance. Um, one short distance? Yeah, Over the 30 million in prize yeah. money, mind you, again, which we're, it was still yet to check, but that was yeah. pretty close. I used to enjoy riding staying races because I felt tactics had more place. A lot of the short races does become luck and the draw a little bit more. Um, but just the whip issue has been contentious everywhere in Australia at the moment. And probably one of the things I want to say about its use is that it should be used to guide and balance horses. But the current rules, they're just not enforced strictly enough by the stewards. Yeah, so so you're saying rather than making a horse go, it's actually more for balance. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, it is, it is used to switch them on or shake them up or say this is the end of the race and that communication tool. Um, but look, the standard of stewarding, the rules that we have now actually are fair, but the rules need to be kept to best practice and they're just not. Like the stewards in charge have never actually, most of them have never ridden a horse, let alone a race. Oh, uh, and I think, oh this, is, this is a whack in itself. This well, is overuse of the whip at Studio Lumo One King William. This yeah. is just, this is Sam's in the well, producer's I, box. We're editing this out. This is steward's well, I whack. I don't think you have to have played a sport to be able to coach it, but I find it really hard that umpires of our sport have, have such a low-level understanding of animal behaviour. I mean, to, it's it's really, I find that very hard as a, as a jockey. So you're yeah. saying that the essentially, same as like AFL or any other sport, they've got to have a, a fair sort of understanding of how the horse reacts to whips being one Absolutely. side, other side, yeah. and how they're used. Mm. So what's your opinion in the whip in general? Because it is yeah. a big conversation. Do you think that oh. the whip's got to go, or you think we need it as well, a guide but not as a not as yeah. the persuader? Well, I think our sport needs to appeal to the modern society as well as being competitive and giving every participant, your owner, your punter, your trainer, confidence that it's a level playing field and jockey. Uh, at the moment, it's just not a living playing field. I can't tell you how disheartening it is as a jockey to ride within the rules and to be beaten by someone who has broken the rules. It's actually cheating. It, call it out what it is. It's cheating. If you're using the whip more than five times per 100 meter, metres, you're cheating. So you're saying a horse, let's use Busker's Ballad as an example, Absolutely. but we're not, not calling anyone out. But there's overuse of the whip. It's fine $500, but actually wins a race and say wins yeah, by half yeah. a head. The other person doesn't. You think the penalties need to be more severe? Yeah, they need to be different because at the moment, if, if, like, as a jockey, all you want to do is ride a winner because that's how gets you the next one. And so sometimes you, you're prepared to cop the fine or, you know, you do get sort of trained to say, don't worry about a fine. We can help you out with that with a little bit of you know, money on the side. Not pointing any names or pointing any fingers. <laughs> we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> But, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you see happen in big races. They want to win the big race. It doesn't matter about the fine. So until a horse loses its spot for overuse of the whip or you see a, a protest upheld, um, and we have heard of how do you put a measure on a strike, so to speak, if you say if it's one over, does the horse get penalised by, say, point X of a length, and then you try and work out a margin like that? That's too confusing. I think it has to have, to have one rule for, every, for everything. Okay, what about then group one races where, you know, you're talking big money yep. and, and you see, you do tend to see a lot of, like the Melbourne Cup, you see a lot of fines handed out for overuse of the whip because yep, everyone's trying. Yeah, but mm-hmm. see, so then where's the happy medium? Where, yeah. does it, where does it become where they say, well, hang on a minute, you can't do this anymore? Um, are there jockeys still that refuse to do that or you think that once it gets to those bigger races, everyone just tries as hard as they can? Well, I think, I think really, to be fair to jockeys, you actually get caught up in the moment. I mean, to be honest, you don't actually sit in the accounting. That's why it has to be such a um, a practice thing. If you do it day in, day out, it becomes natural. Um, you know, memory, muscle, with every, anyone in sports training, you sort of understand. And it's like judging the pace of a race. You don't actually count anymore. You just know the pace. Well, does it become more dangerous in those big races with, with jockeys in making bigger moves and bolder moves and shifting out on horses mm. that when they're trying almost too hard – it becomes more unsafe sometimes? Uh, 
Well, I suppose we'd be probably riding a little bit more. The stakes are higher, so, you know, there's no tomorrow. This is the grand final. It's not like you can, you know, run second, but that's all right because your goal is for two weeks' time. So, yeah, you are riding for this is this is the winner. So you probably are riding a bit bit tighter. Not, there's no room for error. And that's where it comes down to, like, do we not do we want to not carry whips? I mean, what will that do? Um, which is interesting. But to me, it is care and control. I mean, we've had a look. We've got Leon McDonald on later uh, today. Left hand with Dallasand. I mean, to me, that's a big thing. I mean, if you can actually carry the stick in different hands. Well, that's a topic we're going to talk to Leon McDonald about. We've had <laughs> enough of a sleep. chat off the top. But Leon McDonald's coming back on the other side of this. But you're listening to the SA Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Claire Lindop. Claire's just gone whack. She slapped the stewards. She slapped the jockeys that, uh, that have overused the whip. Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly. This is the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner. Welcome back to the SA Bet Fair Edge with Miles Fitzer and Claire Lindop. Claire's just gone whack straight out of the break uh, and given the stewards a slap with a whip. But uh, we move on to probably one of the most high-profile and superstar guests, Claire, I think we're going to get on the show. And we've got him in straight off the bat. Hall of Fame trainer. Hall of Fame trainer, and obviously thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting, we'll call one 858 Hall of Fame trainer, you had a great association with him. We welcome him on the line, Mr. Leon McDonald. Leon, thanks for joining us. Yeah, not a worry at all. Leon, we've got you on the show. New SA Betfair Edge show. Claire Lindop's in the hot seat. She's just gone whack on some of the stewards. Uh, Was she a bit fiery like that, uh, riding your horses as well? Yeah, she was always very strong at the finish with (laughs) her. Oh, well said, Leon. I like it. Hey, Leon, we're Mm. just going to go back a little bit and start with a little bit of history. I want to play you a couple of little bits of audio and then uh, have a chat about it. But the first one I'm going to start with uh, is this one. Just have a listen. They're heading down towards the 300 metres. Here they come now. And Rebel Raiders raced up on the outside. He's got to the lead. Hoobie Gotchu's going to have a job to get to him. Claire Lindop going for home here. It's Rebel Raider. Rebel Raider by two lengths in front of Hoobie Gotchu. Claire Lindop win the derby on Rebel Raider. Rebel Raider by two lengths. Hoobie Gotchu. Hey, that gives me goosebumps here in the studio, Leon. What memories do you have of that? Oh, plenty, Miles. You were talking about um, Claire giving the stewards a, a wrap over the uh, with the whip, I, I think Roddy caught one at the top of the straight as well that day. <laughs> yeah, very special moment. <laughs> yeah, so it was. It was a wonderful day and, uh, you know, a day that I'll never forget. And I'm sure um, you won't either, Claire. No. Leon, with, with that, you said after the race, she's, um, at the time, Claire had uh, like the, the owners and Claire riding those horses at the time. Can you tell us a little bit about, you, you said after the race, happiest day of your life on the interview and, <laughs> and that Claire had copped a bit. Can you just tell us a little bit about that time and, and Claire riding those horses in the big races? Because essentially from there to go on to the SA Derby, which we'll listen to in a minute, that was, uh, that's the, that was the launch of Claire's uh, career, really. Well, it probably was. Um, and she did have a ride in the uh, Melbourne Cup a bit earlier, and that's probably where we got started. Uh, however, you know, it wasn't always easy to, to uh, make owners agree uh, to have a local rider on. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you well, like Rebel it? Rider wasn't too bad. But, a, but a, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of other occasions where she didn't get on were quite upsetting. But, uh, as I say, that's racing. I like that you said local rider, Leon, rather than a female rider. I appreciate that because I think that's more the point. You know, you go to Melbourne and you're riding against some of the best jockeys in the world. Uh, and when you are established in South Australia, sometimes people sort of look down a little bit and think, oh, you know, you're not up to Melbourne standard. But to go over there and win the VRC Derby, uh, you know, and raid their money, that was uh, something that was really something that was so hard to do and to achieve. It was, and to actually have a plan pull off for once, that was awesome. 
<laughs> yes, I, I, I think so. And uh, yeah, and you know, I do stress that local jockeys. I mean, um, I think it was great here at the carnival this year, even though Joe Allen did win the tournament once. Uh, the local jockeys had a real crack at it and uh, were given a real chance to uh, show how good they were. And Unfortunately for Jason Holder, he ran second in both of the group ones. <laughs> we're going uh, yeah, to get... That's the way it was. We're going to get to that in a minute, Leon. We'll just go back to 0203. The association started with Claire. I want to go back into some history here because I want... You, Claire's got you on, but I want to... Uh, is there a couple of times that Claire didn't follow the plan or didn't follow the rules and that you just had to remind her back in the mounting yard that uh, that wasn't the plan and that's not where you wanted the horse and that uh, didn't go accordingly? I, was, I couldn't I couldn't tell her back in the mounting yard. I had to wait till the next day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we didn't want any scenes in the mounting yard. I did see an owner... Uh, did blow up at her once in the mountain yard. Well, that was the worst thing he ever did because <laughs> she had him out there after and uh, yeah, I think he missed the next race. And get, oh, <laughs> give it to him back? No, explaining yeah. the reasons, going through the race and talking it through it. Leon, is it hard to sometimes manage the owners as much as it is as managing the horses as much as, as it is managing the jockeys? Um, oh, most <laughs> definitely. There's no doubt about that. Especially I big mean, groups. You know, Oh, yeah, I mean, we got the manager of the groups and we've been a bit lucky uh, uh, in a few occasions. And uh, I say this, we've had Harry Perks that has been the, the manager of the groups a lot and uh, he's been very supportive of everything that we did and tried to do, and he still is. Uh, and so that has made it easy, but uh, I think the pandemic's made it a bit easier too. <laughs> Kept them away. Leon, uh, yeah. just over 14% win rate here at the moment, 46.5% place strike rate. Really that's, got a 50% price that's massive. Yeah, yeah well, I think Claire would be saying that uh, it would be different if, uh, if she was on them. They wouldn't have run second. <laughs> that's what we're after. That's what we're after. <laughs> Leon, we're going to start with Dallasan. Can you just tell us a bit of an update on him? And uh, is, uh, is sort of he still on track to head towards, is it the Penny Edition or the Spring Stakes? Yeah, one of the two. Um, I haven't decided that yet, uh, but he will be uh, ready for the Spring Stakes. Whether he runs zero weights or fortnight or the Penny Edition, I haven't quite decided. Uh, and then he'll go on to the uh, Maccabee Diva and uh, hopefully a crack at the Cox Plate. Um, I want to ask a question to you, Leon, uh, about the South Australian Derby with Dallas Ann. Now, Jason yes. Holder, was he asked to use the whip in the left hand at all? No. <laughs> okay, so then I guess he knew leading into the SA Autumn Racing Carnival he had the right on Dallas Ann. I just wonder why he didn't want to practice using the left hand when I believe that wasn't a requirement of Raquel Clark to use the stick in the left when they going his granted the ride in the Dane Hill Stakes of Flemington last year, which he won? Um, yeah, well, um, maybe he did run in that day. Uh, that wasn't the downhill stakes. He was all right that day. It was in the Guinness prelude. Yeah. He got in badly and she had a lot of trouble getting him around the hills. But, you know, I'm one of these people. I think you're good at what, what you're best at. And yeah. you were, and Raquel was, uh, with the whip in the right hand. Right, and just... Sorry, I just believe that the whip in the left hand... Uh, with a jockey who's not at their best in the left is not not really uh, necessary. They're aware of what he does. Well, that's what their hands are for. And uh, we knew he was going to run in towards the fence in the derby, but yeah. uh, we were willing to take that chance. And, you know, I, I think he ran in under a fair bit of pressure. 
And um, funny thing about him is he doesn't run in any other time. No, well, that's uh, and, that's very well answered, Leon. I've got to give you that. <laughs> She's trying to, trying to trip you up here, Leon. I'm going to have to separate this. Don't want to start a blue. Hey, just a quick word on a couple. She's, she's, she's tried for like, about 22 <laughs> years ago now. She hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, extra time and so you can. Can you give us a quick update on them? Both well. Both been back two weeks. So they will kick off uh, on Spring Stakes Day. Extra time, probably in the spring stakes, uh, and uh, so you can in the uh, three-year-old race the same day. Uh, you know, and hopefully, hopefully they'll go on to the next step. Uh, obviously, they'll both be nominated for a race like the Caulfield Guineas, and um, if they can't win it, well, they can run at a Class One at Ballarat the following week. Yeah, well, it looks like you've got a, a, a strong stable coming into the spring. You've actually got a lot of two-year-olds going well, which are all going to be rising three-year-olds. Uh, this Saturday at Murray Bridge, you've got six runners. You've got four two-year-olds in the two-year-old race. Bolt by Daily Spirit, another award, and Super Striker. How do you see them? Yes. How do we? Uh, how do we tip to the punters out there? The best one of your stable. <laughs> I think they, I think they've all raced very well. Uh, Daily Spirit's the only one that's been placed twice in town. Yeah. Um, Super Super Striker has two, uh, and another award's only won a midweek uh, maiden uh, at Murray Bridge. But uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot between them. If I had to have a pick, it's probably another award or Super Striker. Or so I've seen uh, number four Super Striker has the my favourite Leo McDonald gear change. The blinkers on first time. Yeah, for a rebel rider. <laughs> Hey, Leon, just on Bolt Buy, ran third to the Brumby, who was seen as has come out. Bolt Buy, $13 in the market. The others are all sort of $6 and under. Yeah, it was a reasonable form race. I think there was um, uh, the Bull McCabe and the Brumby. Ran third to the Bull McCabe and the Brumby, but you know, I didn't think Bolt Buy was sort of out of the way either. No, it's probably not, but I think he's going to be a better horse next preparation. He's a big, strong horse. He's been gilded, and uh, uh, I think he's still learning, I think, yeah. With a, a break and back, uh, probably you know in the late spring, uh, that's when you probably see the better of him. Okay, thank you. So race for glory game, each way chance. Oh, just <laughs> Tegan Vorham claiming the three. Uh, yeah, that does help it a lot. Yep. Three off its back. Yep. Um, but um, she's not. Um, well, I wouldn't say she's unsound, but her action is not as good as it can be at times and she does you know has a few aches and pains and whether she's going as well as she was I'm not quite sure. Last one Leon and before we let you go uh, Carla Luisa in race number eight um, stubby on board gate 11 doesn't, doesn't help. Win. <laughs> she doesn't win very often either. No. <laughs> right well we'll leave it at that Leon I'm sure we're going to have you on the show again um, later in as we go along. Claire and I got this new thing up and running and hopefully uh, hopefully we can get you back on and maybe delve into maybe that owner that gave her the spray in the uh, in the mounting yard and Claire gave her the gave him the instructions back. But thanks so much for your time and <laughs> thanks for coming on. No worries, Miles. Thanks, Leon. See ya. Okay. Radio. Bye-bye. Hall of Fame trainer Leon McDonald. He, he's a great man. He just answers beautifully, doesn't he, Claire? Every single time. He just knows exactly how to... Very polished. Very, very polished. Hey, we've got to head to another break on the other side. We're chatting with Betfair's James McLaughlin on how to operate Betfair, how to use it. It's not as scary as what we think it is. You're listening to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858 and, as always, gamble responsibly. This is the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindon and Miles Fitzner.
You're listening to the SA Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Claire Lindop. Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly. Well, Claire, they're the new partners of our show. Um, Betfair, hugely popular in Australia, but also something that you and I aren't familiar with. And to, so to explain it to all of our listeners, we've gone straight to the top. We've got the main man himself on the line, Mr. James uh, McLaughlin from Betfair. James, thanks for joining us. Miles, thank you. Thanks for the little pump up there at the start. Um, great work with the copy there. How are you? Yeah, good. Hey, James, Claire and I have been talking off air. We're absolutely delighted that you've come on board with this new racing show in South Australia, and and I'm even more delighted to be sitting in the studio with a, a multiple Group 1 winning jockey with over $30 million <laughs> in prize money. But uh, we thank you, first of all, of coming on board for Betfair. But, but Claire and I, being that you know, we're just normally the fixed price uh, win punters, mate, Firstly, Betfair becoming super popular with people that uh, that really are chasing the better odds. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in the climate at the moment when there's, there's each of these UK bookies are kind of buying each other out and there's less options for punters in the market. Um, but Betfair's been, been around over a decade or so and um, really popular, particularly with racing. Horse racing is our, our biggest product. And, and as you know, um, our South Australian product is the best in the market with um, really, really low margins. So Betfair and, and you guys would know this a little bit now, but it's a, it's a betting exchange. So you're not getting prices off a bookmaker. You're actually betting against other people. So it's essentially a, a massive global platform that lets you bet against your mates and everyone else that wants to bet on an event that, that you've got an interest in. So this pink button, this is where it gets interesting for me because there are horses that I particularly um, uh, yeah. don't like in some races more so than trying to find one that I do. So this pink button, which is, I'm guessing, the lay, this is where we can go and say, you know what, this horse is, is no chance, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and we can put our odds up ourselves. Exactly right. And that's the opportunity to play the book in. And you touch on a perfect example, Miles. So if you're, you see a race, it might be race six tomorrow, um, Blowtorch is a favourite, you think, you know what, that's under the four bucks. I, I think it's got a chance to win. It's in the market, but I market about sixes, but people are currently trying to back it at $4.00 then I can get my bet match, hit the red button, and, and you bet against it. So you're putting up the liability. Um, so some, you, you have to have 400 bucks in your account if you're trying to lay it for 100 or four. Yep. Um, obviously, the, the, the website and your phone will do the math for you so that it's not as intimidating as it sounds. But, yeah, blue is backing with, red betting against. This is a lot more straightforward than I thought it was going yeah. to be. It's been one of those things, James, um, that, that I think people might be a little bit intimidated mm. by, but it sounds pretty straightforward yeah. in the end. You can either bet to win or, yep. or bet for the horse to lose. Exactly right. Um, another cheeky example, and we'll, we'll get away from racing for just a second, but be a little provocative to your Adelaide Crows fans there. The, <laughs> the Crows are into uh, $1.65 to win the spoon this year. So if you're um, if, if you're Ant Adelaide, or even if you're a Crows fan and you want to want to get something out of the season and, and hedge your emotional um, bet and, and actually kick them home for a terrible year, then you can back at the dollar sixty five for them to win the spoon, or you can bet against it if you think that the Gold Coast and Freo are going to go the other way on the season. You think the Crows are going to fight back later in the year, then you can play into those markets as well. So mm-hmm. um, there, there's so many different markets that you can bet on the exchange, the political market with with Trump, who's who's always nice and topical. He's, Probably the biggest betting market you'll ever see, and this year there'll be there might be half a billion dollars, which sounds obscene and it is obscene, but that's wow. the kind of turnover that you can experience on on some of these markets. And and the Group One racing is, um, you know, tremendous betting opportunities as well. Mm. I like the idea of um, being able to lay a horse that's under the odds because often uh, you get you get a combination which becomes short in the market. 
which is basically under the odds, like you see, obviously the combination of Beren Vorster and Tony McAvoy at Murray Bridge will always be short. And often you look at the market, you think, well, it's favourite, but surely it's, I don't think it should be favourite. So that's actually a really good opportunity to be able to think, well, I'll, I might bet against that. Is that Big how time. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you see those early prices, Claire, that, that feel really unders, um, and and your McAvoy example there might be it might be three bucks in the market. You think you know what? It's probably four fifty, and you lay that bet at three dollars. You can then actually trade it out later on. So if, if that drift which you're predicting mm-hmm. happens, yep, yep. you can also green up and come back the other way. So you can sort of create these really unique winning positions where no matter what the result is, as long as you're getting the right price either side, you can green up and so that's you, what sort you of make win before the race is even ran. Is that basically what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> ah, then, uh, like now that. we're getting there. Yeah. So you can win before the race is even won. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, that's, you've, you've done that up very well. And then just to confuse punters even further, you can also bet in the run. So if there's something that um, that you think uh, going to start at the tail of the field, and that's you know it's natural um, way to race to, uh, to the mm-hmm. best of its yeah. ability, you might see that price drift as they're as they're running, and then you can get in and bet in play as well. So, so yeah. James, this is a Chautauqua example in its third TJ Perfect, where it went mate. right off. Yep. Now, this is where everyone talks about this, and this is the, where really Betfair came to the fore for me in my eyes because people told me Chautauqua blew right out mid-run um, and sort of hit the turn, and the odds you could have got on Betfair for Chautauqua to win were enormous, and, and, yep. and some punters actually played a little bit and, and storms home in history. Flindell called a ripper and, and away they went. Exactly right, yeah. There, there's so many examples like that. And then um, there'll be the opposite too where, yeah, you... where something's hit the line too early um, and it's trading a dollar ten on the exchange and you bet against it and then you've got the whole field running for you. And so so if, um, also if you've got a horse that leads and you're, you're watching the first couple hundred metres and um, it's getting challenged you think they're going too hard, so you can get off that as well? You could lay Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yep. yeah. Yep, you, okay. can, you can lay it and, and do stuff in the run. So particularly, yeah. Claire, you'd be able to identify... Um, you know uh, how how a jock, how a jockey's moving, how the horse is looking in the run, yes. and sort of um, yeah, ma- you think make it's off your the bridle best, you know, and going ordinary. Yeah, get exa- off. exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> you should see the smile on her face in here at the moment, James. It's, she's awoken to a whole new world. Now, just quickly, mate, there's we can do this on our phone and on our computers. Yep, absolutely. Betfair.com.au. You'll be able to grab the app if you want to download it that way, or. Um, the desktop's really popular as well. Yeah, and so that we're also going to have um, Adam Mintz join us each week, and he's coming up after you. But Adam, just tell us a little bit about Adam. Uh, yeah, he's a pro punter for uh, at least 30 years. I used to work at a couple of the, the corporate um, sports books up in Darwin, believe it or not, in sort of 2010. And when Adam's name would pop up on my computer screen, it would be uh, scramble. You'd, you'd log out of the phone and just try and copy exactly what he's doing. Um, so he, he's a very, very smart um, South Australian punter, um, one of the best I've ever seen. And we're really lucky to have his content on the Betfair Hub, which is um, a content website where we've got lots of pro punters sharing their tips on betfair.com.au forward slash hub. Um, but, yeah, really lucky to have him and the calling hub- in and, and giving you guys some early mail every every Friday. The Hub's also where you can find the tutorials on, on sort of betting strategies and how to go about it and work your way through and, and find those find those gaps to make some money. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of what makes Betfair different is is our, our business model isn't isn't taking as much money off you as possible. It's actually we we make a profit when you win. So we take a small commission when you have a winning bet and that's how it works. So we're incentivized to make you smarter and make you win more. And so we've got the Betfair Hub, which has got all the resources in there to make you a sharper punter. 
Um, and consistent with that, we we got people like Adam Mintz on there sharing their mail. And so, yeah, again, betfair.com.au forward slash hub. Betfair.com.au forward slash hub. Now, James, just in summary, we can bet fix like we normally would. We can bet on the red to lay the horse. We can also bet mid-race. Um, so is this why the big push with Betfair at the moment is just trying to educate people on actually how good it is and and that you can get you know a lot better odds by actually looking into it and just playing the game yourself? Exactly right, mate. That, that's the, the, the biggest advantage that we have is, is that we're a low mark, margin exchange, which means you're often going to get the best price. It's very rare you'll find a better, a, a better price on another corporate. James, thanks so much for coming on and partnering, firstly, with the SA Betfair Edge, but, uh, and secondly, for running us through it, because it certainly opened my eyes. I'll be uh, going straight on and getting a quick look at Murray Bridge after we talk to Adam and, uh, and putting a few on this week. But thank you so much for your time, and no doubt we'll have you on again, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, and, and let you know how we're going. Appreciate it, Miles and Claire, and a uh, great first show last week, and uh, look forward to listening as we go along. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. James McLaughlin there from Betfit. Now, on the other side, we're going to go through. Now, we're going to get your bargains and bailouts, Claire. We're also going to get a few little tips from me, maybe a couple of things that I like, and we've spoken to Leon, but we're going to get some mail from the main man himself, Mr. Adam Mintz from Betfair. You're listening to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly. This is the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindon and Miles Fitzner. Welcome back to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly. Well, now we're going to be joined on the line by the main man. He's going to join us most weeks, Mr. Adam Mintz, the guy in the know. We're going to provide some tips. We're going to listen to him. Adam, thanks for joining us. Nice. Good to be here. Adam, we're going to start in a, what, nine-race card at Murray Bridge. Now, Claire was just telling me off-air, soft five, she thinks it might going to end up about a soft six. Is that the way you see it un, uh, unfolding? Yeah, well, at the moment, I think she's probably right. I looked uh, this afternoon, there's a bit more rain forecast. Then after that, Friday and maybe Saturday, very light rain, not a lot at all. So I reckon, you know, six at worst. So hopefully, yeah, no worse than a six. Right, so we're doing our form on the six. Now, we're going to start. We've got a nine-race card and a few to get through in about five or so minutes to do it. We'll start with race one over the 900 metres. Uh, Rockatansky out so far, but Hypersonic seems to be a short enough favourite here at the moment. Yeah, uh, looked at a couple of its recent jump outs and definitely looks to have above average ability. Um, I think it, they took it up to Queensland during the carnival, but had issues with it, listening to an interview with Tony McAvoy the other morning. Um, I think probably a little bit too short, but who knows? Um, depends if the money comes for it. Um, of the others, I thought Southern Lights has had two jump outs since its race one and only race start and has jumped out pretty well. And I think she's corrupt. Just completely forget last start 1200. I think it's a thousand metre tops horse. So I reckon it's probably a good chance as well. But they're the, they're the three, I thought. Claire, your selection race one? Uh, yeah, I do like the six, but I also like High Smoky number five, Um Good run at uh, Murray Bridge recently. Right, I want to stick with Hypersonic or go against. We go to number two, race two, the $100,000 race for the two-year-olds. We just spoke to Leon. I like one at value here in the number five, Bolt Buy. How have you seen this one, Adam? Um, listen, I thought pretty even. I uh, have nothing between uh, seven, eight and nine. I think one of those horses will probably win. 
Um, bulk buy, I think, was $26 early, so there has been money for it. I would have thought that was a bet at $26, but I'd probably, I'd probably lean towards eight just. Mm. Another award, which is um, a, a brother to Tequila Time, of course. Um, I actually like Super Striker number four, which has got the uh, the blinkers on first time for Liam McDonald. As he said, seems to work. We move on race number three over the 2,500 metres. This is my race to stay away from after the mess that they turned on at uh, Morfittville last week, Adam, in the staying race. I tend to agree. Not a huge rap for the 2,500 metre races. Um, oh, God. Exalted ambition, probably first pick, but I know not a lot of luck last start, but still disappointing. Uh, it's in uh, the cup at Port Augusta on Sunday. And if so, it runs there, it w- it'll win. And so is Turfman. Um, and, mm. and so is Turfman, correct, yes. So I'm not sure, you know, I, I'd say probably one of those two or, or maybe both might run at Port Augusta. I don't, I don't actually know. Down the lane was scratched from, from yesterday where it was a very short price favourite. Um, uh not convinced. I probably lean towards exalted ambition, but not confident. Yeah, I'm not touching this race, Claire. Um, I probably would have liked Turf Man if it runs at Murray Bridge. Just quickly on the Port Augusta Cup tomorrow, uh, sorry, on Sunday, um, in the Cup, which is race five, number one, Handsome Return, I thought was would have just won that race. But you're saying ex- exalted ambition would if it goes there? Oh, I would have thought um, 2,300, I wouldn't have thought would... Mate, well, I wouldn't have thought it would be any plus for the top one, okay. but um, and giving weight to exalted ambition, I, I would have it in front of it. Oh, well, we move on to race number four uh, for the three-year-old plate, another hundred thousand dollar race over the twelve hundred metres. Now, I'm getting right off uh, Calypso Rain here. I'm going to get on the Betfair and see what I can do in sacking that, but I don't mind Streetcar Stranger of David Jolly's. Yeah, another really hard race. I've got nothing between Calypso Range, Streetcar Stranger and Air Marshal, all about the $6.650 mark. Um, if I was the only bet I've had so far, I've had a small bet on Glory Game. Uh, happy to forget its last run where it didn't go too bad on, on the on the really, on the heavy track. Uh, I think 1,200, probably there, drawn a better gate. Good claim. It, it might be a small play. Yeah, and, and gets in. I should write about fifty. What, what odds you get Glory Game at, Adam? Uh, Sixteen. Oh, beautiful. Yep, that, like that. Claire, have you got a quick pick for this one? No, I like Anguston. Um, I think he's a. I'd really like John O'Connor and Anguston in there, number four. So the tipping's all over the shop here at the moment. I like it. Right, we move on to race number five. Now the benchmark eighty-two over twelve hundred. This is a race that I've got my best in for the day here, Adam. I like how low can you go, with Paddy Payne's. Um, I've seen some other companies put up around three eighty, but uh, can you give us your thoughts on this race? I found it a really hard race. Left hand, left hand man resumes for John O'Connor off some good form in Victoria. It's had one jump out and and went okay. Uh, not a lot of speed in the race. Um, had a feeling it might jump to the front. Uh, I've got nothing between how low can you go. Um, I've got how low can you just in just in front from left hand man. And uh, I thought Cabini had a chance as well. Um, Lack of pace sort of worries me a bit. I'd probably think left-hand man was probably the one, the way I'd lead, but not keen to bet. Claire, your pick? Well, I liked Arkham Knight, but as you said, the um, lack of pace is probably not going to help it. But um, they might spread out wide across the track, and last time that happened, horses that got out wider were well-suited, and it will be getting out wide. We move on to race number six. This is the one that I thought might have been a bit tougher. Now, Blowtorch is obviously going to be the hot pot favourite. I sort of thought, or tended to forget, last start, Adam, but Claire's uh, 
Claire's probably going to make that one of the ones she sacks for the day. What are your thoughts? I'm with you, Claire. Um, I've, I've, I've reckon it's had a near... I mean, I know it was one pace last start and, and maybe could have got going a little bit earlier. I don't think, and it's no knock on the rider, but I think it takes a strong senior rider. I don't think the horse will go any better, and I think it probably needs to. Um, I like get out of the way in this. I, I think it's it ran really well last start, and if it can produce that, uh, I think it's the way to go. I've got to probably agree with you about Blowtorch. He's very consistent, and he probably pays for that by being always up in the weights. Um, it's drawn a bit awkward as well. And I uh, just mentioned Jess Eaton. She's a very good rider, but um, this is her first race meeting after after a quarantine. Uh, and generally fine, it seems to take a couple of race meetings for, to get your eye back in too. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Good luck to Jess though. Move on, race number seven over the 1800 to $45,000 race. Now, alluding here, but I've got one at value that I don't mind of Richard and Chantel's in our carney. I think they're just having a good run at the moment, Richard and Chantel, but looks like alluding is going to be tough to beat here. Yeah, eluding, there's one really easy last start, had a lovely run. Um, not sure where it's going to lob. It's drawn 10 of 14 in a race. Again, I, I don't think there's a lot of speed. I think Corridon and, and maybe Vacant Blot are the two that will go forward. Um, I thought eluding uh, was too short at the current price. I've had a small bet, Elusive Rose. I probably need 2000 but... Should have finished a lot closer last start, and it's about 19 or $20. Clear your pick. Um, I like a vacant block, actually, um, and I wish I'd drawn well. Um, I think it'll race well. Right, move on. Race number eight over the 1,200. Uh, there's a couple of horses in here. Seems to be a little bit uh, like, what, a few under 6 or $7. The couple up the top, Omo, Just Cappy, and Just Chipping Away next in the market. Yeah, really, it looks speed okay here. I don't know. I've got no firm opinion. I'm very wide market. Um, I think Omo's short enough. Uh, just Cappy, I, I, I won't. I reckon it's far too short. Um, maybe, maybe Cara Louisa might go forward. Happy to forget it's, um, I think it was its first up run um, where it was well in the market. Maybe a small play yet, but not confident. Claire? Um, I actually like number eight, Coronel. I think it, it's um, going to actually be my, my bargain value for the day. I think um, it's a. I think Jake Toray takes a ride, and uh, I think he's well-suited. Well, I'm going to go with just chipping away. Just pipped on the line last start at 11 or 12, so I think can get the chocolates with a bit better gait in number eight. Move on to the last of the uh, last of the card race, nine over the 1,000 metres. This one I thought was tough too. I'm leaning towards one at a few odds here of Jess, uh, with Jess Eaton on board of Ryan Balfour's in Wanasa. Yeah, another race I uh, found really, really hard. Enormous speed in this race. Like there's about eight that go forward. Uh, it's one of them, Wanasa. Um, the difference is first up, didn't think its jump out was, you know, anything better than fair. Um, oh, listen, I, no idea. I've had a very small bet on French Rock. It's first up, uh, blinkers off. It's had one jump out where it wasn't knocked around, and it's just one that'll be running on, but not confident. Claire? agree with you. It's a pretty open race. I actually like number one, Crimson Tycoon. It's got a runner on the board, and I think, as you said, on these wet tracks, sometimes uh, race fitness can... Um, can, can hold them out in good stead in their finish. Adam, just quickly, your best probably for the day? The the, the one I'm keenest on is get out of the way. That's the only one I'm really keen on. Beautiful. Adam, thanks very much for joining us. We'll have a chat to you again next week. No problem. See you later.
Thanks, Adam. Adam Mintz there joining us for all the mail. Now, my best is going to be race five, number six, How Low Can You Go? And my value, Claire, is going to be race two, number five, Bolt Buy. I don't think – look, I really like just chipping away as well. Um, there's a few races I'm not keen to play in, but you're uh, – My bargain's race eight, number eight, Coronel. I think it's good value. Um, and my uh, get out is race six, number one, Blowtorch. I think we might try – a uh, bit of Betfair there. Get on Betfair and we'll try and find some, uh, try and find a longer price because uh, Blowtorch is going to go under according to Clear Lindop. That's all we've got time for here on the SA Betfair Edge. It's been a huge show, a lot to get through. Happy punting on the weekend. This has all been thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly.